Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Critical Hit Punch-All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story, so don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love, and no disrespect is intended. Last time on Critical We got chicken fried apple pie, chicken fried peach pie, chicken fried pumpkin pie. Dutch will gently but firmly take the book away from Valentino. I'm, I'm sure if there's more to a story, we're going to find out the hard way. <laughs> you are standing in the small cabin of the Whitmores. Pa Whitmore is there, and he's got a gun. Ma Whitmore is there, and she looks a little little nervous. Uh, Sissy Whitmore is peering out from the hallway, looking at these strangers in the house. Uh, uh, Grandma, Granny Whitmore, is rocking back and forth on her rocker. And uh, sitting next to her in a uh, kind of like an easy chair is somebody who looks exactly like your comrade Clyde. Well, hello there, boys. It's so good to see you. I mean, uh, so good to meet you. And he jumps up and he comes over and shakes each of your hands. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And you can see uh, one of his eyes is like a dead eye. You know, you the, the kind of like glazed over cloudy eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes up to each of you and he's like, oh, Doc, it's so good to, to meet you. And he, shaking your hand and he gets next to to uh, carlos oh yes carlos oh good 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 to see you oh valentino it is a pleasure indeed and then he gets uh, to blisco oh bug eater i'd love to see you again i mean good to see you again i mean to see you i you know Cla- uh, theodore was always writing to us telling us all about you it feels like we know know you just on site yeah apparently he was an excellent uh describing people Indeed, indeed. Oh, please, uh, pull up a chair. And there's some kitchen chairs there that you can kind of sit on if you yep. like. And Pa kind of puts his gun back up on the, above the the fireplace. What brings you boys here to our house? Uh, we, uh, first off, wanted to pay our respects. Um, we are... Very sorry for your loss. And, oh, yes, um, uh, understandable. And everybody kind of looks at each other, kind of uneasy, like. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also wanted to ask about uh, something that uh, Theodore had on him when he died. Oh, what was that? Uh, it was a pendant, and I'll describe it. Was it like a crystal or something? It's like a stone. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You describe it. And sure enough, uh, granny and sissy and ma all start looking at each other. Well, well, uh, what, what's so special about, uh, this necklace? Do you think? Why are you asking about that? Uh, we, uh, lost access to it. So we wanted to see if, um, if you guys wanted it returned, uh, we might be able to put in a petition or something like that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Make sure you get that return. That's a very valuable, valuable, uh, valuable uh, heirloom. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't know why we're doing all this talking now. It's uh, it's on darn darn near dinner time. Uh, everybody, pull up a seat, and I'll I'll make uh, a couple of extra plates for you boys. Oh, thank you so much. And, uh, of course, everybody comes, comes scattering and, uh, the person who looks just like Clyde is about to sit down next to Valentino and Sissy comes in and bumps him out of the way. And she's like, I'll sit here. <laughs> As you wish. Dutch, are we just going to play along with this? Um, do you know what's going on? I, I, I'm almost certain that's, that's him. But do you know what's going on? No. And we're playing along. The moment you figure it out, we'll stop. Bye. So um, everybody's taking a seat, and the person that looks just like Clyde is is just kind of standing there for a moment. And then you hear Ma say, Frederick, just go grab one of them benches over there and haul it over here. And, oh, yeah, yeah, Ma. And uh, he goes over and picks up a, like a, boxes you know sometimes you'll have some crates that will also serve as a bench and he picks one of those up and he brings it over and he sits at the corner of the table uh so it would be like valentino sissy uh carlos frederick pa ma uh blisco doc and carlos sitting around the table oh now i'm on there twice i also know yeah there you go yeah, I forgot which way everybody was, but oh yeah, Granny, Granny, not Carlos, Granny. Granny would be there at the other end of the table. Oh, next to Granny. Okay. Let us, let us pray here, Lord. Thank you for bringing Theodore's friends to us from a great distance. Only wish they would have been able to be here sooner so we could all share in our grief together. Bless this food and bless all of us at the table. And then Ma comes over and she's got uh, chicken fried everything for everybody. Chicken fried sweet potatoes, chicken fried biscuits, chicken fried chicken. Everybody gets something chicken fried. Lots of greens and and whatnot. Yep. And everybody just digs in. You know, everybody's like, you know, if you don't, if you don't eat, then you're not getting anything kind of thing. If you don't, uh, if you don't grab it for yourself. And, um, it's, you know, it's pretty clear that the family is making sure that each of you get a portion. Mm-hmm. And that means that everybody is getting a smaller portion than what they normally would be because they were not expecting guests. Right. They weren't expecting four guests. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, everybody's eating like less than half of what they would normally get. Okay. But they don't, they don't seem to complain or anything. Well, uh, Dutch will, D- Dutch won't get seconds. Okay. All right. 
Dutch, you're the one that likes the pie. Uh, yeah, I like pie. This is, this is Ma talking to you. Mm-hmm. Do make sure you save some room for my uh, chicken fried sweet potato pie. Oh, sure. That sounds great. And, Thank you. And I should probably explain to our listeners, yes, we're leaning into the chicken fried everything. <laughs> Somebody in the uh, Discord was like, I'm not sure what a chicken fried pie is. <laughs> it's a pie fried like chicken. Yet. Yeah. How like <laughs> the most descriptive terminology possible, right? Well, some people uh don't live here in the United States and have the joy and pleasure of having chicken fried steak and chicken fried whatever, so you know fried ice cream is kind of like that. Yeah, 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 very much so. Oh, I mean, now I want fried ice cream. Man, why did you do that, Brian? <laughs> I've been at fried ice cream since I moved out here. Uh, Sissy kind of looks at, at you, Valentino, and, and she's like, so what's it like in, in Europe? Oh, really kind of depends on where you're going there. Uh, it's quite the experience, I tell you. He uh, said that they were, that you were in Paris, France. Oh, and then, yeah, you, yeah. then you see uh, Frederick go, we, we don't need to be talking about that at the dinner table. Who said we were in Paris, France? I was. Uh, Clyde, Clyde had written home and, and talked about being in Paris. No, I literally say that out loud. Oh, oh, okay. Or, or Dutch does. Okay. Who sorry. said we were in Paris, France? Um, um, I think they mean before I uh, was part of the platoon. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you boys all seen some action? This is Paw at the head of the table. A little bit. Uh, Yes, um, but only uh, only a little bit. We've uh, we're not uh, able to go into the front lines or anything like that because the United States hasn't joined the war officially. Oh, so of course, we're just uh, observing, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, we feel very happy that uh, Theodore was able to serve his country in the capacity that he did. Just wish things had turned out a little different. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks around the table at everybody. You don't know if that's accusatory turned out a little different or sad. Things turned out a little different. Although you could try and roll and see, you know, if sure, you're concerned. Would roll? You would roll a perception. So you would uh, roll um, observation plus insight. And it will make it a D1. Cool. I mean, I'll now, if I have yeah. like a plus two on bonus damage for insight, does that do nope, anything? Only during combat. Oh, really? Brian, you... That tracks. Wow. Valentino, I don't know I, why. I don't know I why Valentino... <laughs> book back oh, out did. of my pocket. And, yes, uh, I was going to say, you've got that book and you've been, <laughs> you've been eyeing it uh, ever since you got into the door, so Wait. you're kind of not paying attention. Ooh-wee, Valentino so happy to be back in the South. And uh, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Doc, uh, he is able to to notice that uh, uh, four plus five, oh, fifteen is nineteen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doc, you are kind of uh, you realize that yes, he is kind of saying this in a in a somewhat accusatory manner. Hmm. But he doesn't let on. Uh, Blisco, are you going to re-roll again? Oh, you. Uh, uh, I, I succeeded. Oh, okay. I just right. didn't. Sure. You also, you also, in there correctly. You, you've lived on the farm. You know, when someone is talking down and being polite at the same time. So 
uh, yeah, this is this is pretty clear that he is somewhat being accusatory in mm. in his tone. Southern hospitality at its finest. <laughs> what are you reading there? Well, uh, uh, just a book I uh, picked up while we were in uh, Arkham. Arkham. <laughs> I remember that place. Oh, yeah. Have you been? Years and years ago when I was a little girl. <laughs> now, Ma, you be quiet now. <laughs> and she takes you know a man named Armitage. Nope, never heard of a man named Armitage. That small world. But I wouldn't uh, want it. And then Frederick uh, uh, is kind of looking around at everybody, kind of nervous and. He's eaten. I don't think he likes being at the corner, you know, on the very corner of the table, but that's all the room that there is left to uh, get in there and, and eat. So, um, when he gets down to eating, uh, Dutch will go, hey, Clyde. And he kind of jerks his head up real quick. Yep. And I'll look right at him and say, was a great storyteller. You got any stories about him you can tell us? <laughs> and then he swallows his bit of, bit of food and puts his napkin on. Well, Theodore was a great brother of mine, and he and I used to run down by the creek all the time uh, throwing stones at the snapping turtles. And uh, one time, we were not paying attention too close, and one of them snapping turtles, sure enough, just jumped right up and bit him on his behind. And he danced around with that snapping turtle on his on his, uh, on his uh, pants and trousers and just yelling and screaming like a dog that got his, uh, uh, you know, caught in a trap. And everybody around the table, all of all of uh, the family all start laughing at that at that story. <laughs> yeah, that, I remember that one. He came home with a big old sore on his behind, says the mom. And Sissy's like, I wasn't born yet, so I don't remember this one. What about what about Theodore? What what stories do you have of him when you were all uh, in in Europe? I bet they were good ones. Oh, um, we do have some good ones. Um, him and I fell in a ditch once while we were on maneuvers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remember Clyde or Theodore talking about that. Yeah, it was uh, good times. Uh, I mean, Europe is very nice, but uh, October in, uh, where were we, Brussels? Belgium. 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 Okay. Yeah. But October in Belgium is a little wet and cold and slippery. So uh, definitely go go there in the spring if you can. Paul's like, sounds like a lot like here, although uh, weather here has been very unseasonable. Mm-hmm. It's cold. Gonna have to get some more wood chopped tonight. Frederick's like, yeah, Paul. You boys uh, seen any revenuers lurking around here? How do we know what they look like? Can't say we have. Any- Ever since that Ooh. bank closed, people have been all over these lands trying to kick people off their land and steal the land back for the bank. Oh. Get their money back. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand for it. This family's been here for five generations, and we don't plan leaving anytime soon. And you hear Ma say, yeah, yeah, dear, you tell him. Well, I certainly appreciate that you are, that it hasn't gotten so bad that you're shooting to kill. Uh, oh, no, I was, that was the warning shot. If you'd been revenue, uh-huh. you'd be dead. 
Oh, I'm I'm sure. So I appreciate that. Pause what you call a, a crack shot. Yeah. He can shoot him a squirrel at 50 yards. Well, that's impressive. Now, we don't brag at this this here table, sissy. Yes, Paul. Well, I don't down, know that. Know, I bet you're a crack shot, aren't you? I, I don't know about that. Uh, I get the occasional lucky hit in. <laughs> you see Ma's face just go bright red. Actually, our uh, our sniper is uh, Lisco here. Oh, really? Give what kind of gun do you point. use? Uh, it is... A I usually have got a Lee Enf- Yeah, I was scrolling down to find it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I usually use a Lee Enfield. Ooh, that's a nice gun. I say we've got it with us if you want to... We have it with us, right? Yeah, but it's probably too late to go out shooting now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the time you guys are finishing up dinner, oh, it's, yeah. you know, easily, easily getting six o'clock and it's the winter time in the mountains. So, yeah, it's been it's been dark since you pulled up to the house. I was just going to offer a look. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of you. And he just kind of looks at you like, well, <laughs> no, well oh, sure. Let's the car and grab it. Yeah. Uh Dutch will like stand up and help with the plates. No, oh, thank you, thank you. But Sissy and I can take care of this. You sit on down. We'll help me make some pie here in just a moment. Oh, well, thank you then. And I'll hand this place to Sissy. Like I tried. Then Sissy's kind of like, mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> she goes and helps scrubbing the dishes. You know, they got a they've got a hand pump. Mm. Uh, pump the water into a basin to wash everything up. Yeah. Do that thing where they put in all the dishes and then a bunch of soap and they just wash them with that water. Yep. Good times. Yep. That's how you get all the flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, Granny turns to uh, to you, Blisco, and she stares at you and is like, Why are you asking about Theodore's necklace? Ma, now we don't need to be talking about that. No. It's, all right. Uh, displaying some interesting properties. Huh? Always knew that was a lucky stone. Oh, yeah? Do you know the story behind it? Do I know the story behind it? Oh, Ma, not now. Not quite. I can tell whatever I want to do. Back in the day, my father was a coal miner. Working these mountains day and night. Back, back breaking, it was. You understand? She looks mm-hmm. at you really kind of sternly, Valentina, like, you know, work, right, boy? Uh, starting to. Hmm. That's what I thought. She come home caked in coal, head to toe. It'd take two hours for all of us to scrub him clean enough to eat. Yeah, for him to eat, not for us to eat him. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> well, one day in the mine, this would have been, oh... 1912, it was just before I, I met my husband, uh, there was a great explosion in the mine. What number was that number? Mine shaft number 10, if I remember. No, Ma, it was, this is uh, Frederick. No, Ma, it was, it was mine shaft 13. Oh, yes, 13. How could I forget? There was a huge explosion in the mine, killed so many men. In an instant. Except for my father, William. 
He walked out of that mine like nothing hurt him. He said he was digging and he found a, a large flat stone. And he said he was able to chip off a piece of that rock. And just as soon as he finished, the explosion took out everybody. We all just thought that that rock brought him some good luck. And so we kept it. About a year later, my uncle Hosea got the cholera. Bad water. Some such nonsense. Mm-hmm. He was laying in bed. We thought he was going to die. We put the stone on him. and he was, he was cured. Wow. And then, a few years later, my grandfather, oh no, my father, Jacob, he had the stone with him. It was attacked by the bar out in the woods. And he was able to kill it. And he came away without a scratch. That does and sound then, lucky. Oh, yes, especially these bears around here. I just, you don't want to mess with them. I'll rip you to shreds, boy. And she looks right at Doc as she says that. And as, as she's talking and telling the stories, you notice that the, the room is getting, feels like it's getting darker and dimmer. And oh, about 1920-something. Hard to remember dates when you get as old as I am. My daughter Ingrid, that would be Theodore's aunt, got lost in the mountains during a cold winter, colder than it is this year. When everyone went and found her, she walked out of the woods perfectly fine. Shaken, but scared, but perfectly fine. Turns out she had the stone in her pocket the entire time. So when Theodore volunteered for the army, did a good thing, that boy. He turns and looks at you, Carlos. He wanted to keep the revenuers off our property. And so he volunteered and sent all his money home to us every month. He's a good boy. And my daughter Ingrid gave it to him to keep him safe. And that's what I know about the stone. Continues to rock in her chair. Looking at all of you. And then she picks up a a pipe and puts it in her mouth and starts smoking it. Wow, so that's be how story. he came back to life then? What's that? Who the what? I said that would be how Theodore came back to life then. No, Theodore died in Belgium. Ah. They shipped his body back. I don't know why you boys didn't come with him. He well, said we you were, were all good friends. We were, but we were still on active duty. Hmm. We weren't allowed to go, unfortunately. Hmm. Things might have been different. Yeah. Did anybody react to what Doc said, aside from the grandma? Uh, I think Pa and Blisco are outside. Sure. And Sissy and Ma are washing dishes, but you do hear like a sudden clatter <laughs> in in the... Uh, mm-hmm. And that could just be slippery dishes. You know, all the grease oh, sure. from the chicken fried uh, yeah. sauces, yeah. Uh, chicken, chicken fried, fried ketchups plates. and yeah, chicken fried mustard chicken and ketchup. Fried the secret is they chicken fry the plates first. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. That that's a that's a that's a pretty amazing uh story. Uh and um it is it is really unfortunate that we weren't able to come here sooner. Uh, mm-hmm. I am. I'm certain our grief 
over Theodore is nowhere near what you felt. But, you know, for us, we didn't really have a lot of time to mourn him because we just had to move on to other things that we that the army wanted us to do. Hmm. So. Uh, Too bad you boys aren't able to get into the mine and get your own protection stones. Yeah, it's too bad. I'm guessing all of those uh, mines are closed now. I mean, there's closed and then there's closed. Hmm. You said it's more 13. of a dangerous gas. For more of a dangerous gas concern. Mm-hmm. I and see. She rips, and then she rips one out. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of dangerous gas. Oh, that granny. I know, right? You get to an age that you just don't care about that stuff anymore. Yeah. Mm. And that age is 40. <laughs> I mean, that's probably about how old she is. <laughs> rough living out here. I know, right? Mountain living. 36. There's a there's a fire <laughs> emblem character <laughs> or a Gundam character or Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yep. Blisco, what are you and Pa doing? Uh taking a good look at the Lee Enfield. Ooh, he likes it. He's picking it up. He's aiming it and he's ah, oh, this is a fine weapon. Oh, a fine weapon. Oh, I see you keep this nice and oiled and clean, don't you? Got to make sure it works. Can't yeah. let it, this failing can be the difference between life and death out there. Yeah. And he looks in, in the, the truck and he sees like, a, do you guys still have the Tommy gun? Don't know. I, I, I didn't have it. I think okay. we're, I think we don't have it. I think, okay. uh, dog shotgun? has a shotgun. Yeah. All right. So he sees the shotgun and he goes, Ooh, now what is this? And he picks it up and he goes, ooh, saw it off too. This is a good one. And he cocks it. Oh, you keep it loaded. You expecting trouble? <laughs> and he just points it out into the into the darkness. He goes, get on out of here, revenueers. And he pulls the trigger and kabam. And everybody in the house hears the gun gun go off. And uh, he hands it back to you, Blisco. Well, you got some good weapons. Good weapons. Wish I had me some of these. Maybe once the... Uh... Wars over, there'll be a bit of a surplus. Ooh, that'd be good. Think they'd come all the way out here? I mean, they'll want to sell them somewhere, right? Hmm. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. So, uh, he kind of looks around, kind of puts his hand on your shoulder. You tell me, did Theodore die like a man? Did he do right for his country and his family? Absolutely, sir. That's good. He didn't cry or nothing. Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, but also, <laughs> you don't, even if he second, did, even uh, if he second. didn't, you don't have to tell him the truth. I, I'm definitely not going to tell him, or I'm, I'm going to tell him what he would want to hear, regardless. But I don't know if Bliss. I, I don't remember if Blisco would be lying or not in this situation, <laughs> because it's been a hot second since we started this game. <laughs> well, what do you I'm, think that? Uh, what do you think Pa wants to hear? I think he wants to hear that his son died. Bravely. Well, let's do what let's he see. thought was right. Let's see if uh, if a persuasion and and uh, will check D one gets him to believe you or not. You got to learn how to lie. Was was that not what happened? I actually no, no. don't remember. But now you know he's no, he died a brave man. Come on, he's an American, <laughs> American soldier. Was... I'm I the way that I recall it, like 
none of us really like comported ourselves with a lot of valor when that started happening on account of there being an invisible monster trying to kill us. I, I vaguely remember him charging in thinking the uh, stone would protect him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like. And that would be kind of that would be what I would be saying, but I don't remember if that is accurate memories or Rob yeah, making stuff accurate. up on the fly. That's pretty accurate. He was uh, he was the closest to the to the creature. Oh, two successes. He believes uh-huh. you. He believes everything you're saying about how good his boy is. That's good. That's 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 real good. So you ain't seen no revenueers when you were driving up the hills, huh? You'd know them because they wear these trench coats and fedoras. I think one of them's got a woman with him. What do they look like? Other than uh, like you know, like government agents, clean cut trench coats and hats, and always poking around. Either working for the bank or trying to take people's stills. Okay. Uh, we didn't see anybody on the way up here. That's good. That's good. He kind of looks around. You uh, been in town long? We got in right before we came up here, sir. Oh, so you probably had enough time to take in any of the local flavor. Uh, we were at the diner because we needed to get... Oh, and he oh, steps right. back and he this looks is... at, uh, <laughs> he sees the Morrow towing on the side or Morrow garage or whatever it says. Oh, damn. I didn't mean, if I would have known this was his truck, I wouldn't have shot your headlight out. Uh, but you I... tell him, uh, there wasn't me that shot your headlight out. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Good, good. You're a good lad. I can tell you, you uh, farm boy from what, uh, Theodore said. Yeah. Kind of crops you grow. A lot of corn. Mmm. No tobacco. Not up in Nebraska, no. Mmm. Mmm. Well, it's good to have somebody around here that can work with his hands. Yeah, Speaking absolutely. Of, we better uh, get back inside real quick and get for uh, uh, Frederick to uh, get some chores done. That's that's great. It's like so historically accurate. It's like, what do you guys grow? Only corn. That's why there's a dust bowl on. Yeah. Well, also weeds, but that was yeah. further south. So there's a reason it's called the Cornhusker State. Like... Crop rotate. What? <laughs> All right. So you guys inside heard a gunshot go off. Uh, Frederick kind of sits up a little straighter, kind of looking out, listening for something, and then when he doesn't hear anything, he goes back to listening to the rest of uh, Granny's story and your conversation. Do you guys do anything? Um, it sounded like a sawed-off shotgun blast. Yeah. Uh, Dutch will say, uh, sounds like they got a hold of your shotgun there, Doc. I'm not hearing much of the way of yelling, so I assume that they decided to do some shooting after all. Yeah, that's all right. And then a few minutes later... Paw and Blisco come back in. That's a mighty fine weapons you boys have. Uh, Freddy, it's getting a little dark in here. Um, uh, why don't you go out and chop some wood and bring it in so we have some fuel for the night? Oh, yeah, sure, Paw. And he gets up and grabs an axe and starts to head out the door. I'll, um... Do they, they have, like, gas lanterns for when they're outside or something like that? Or, not gas, but, uh... That'd be oil lanterns, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Dutch will say, "Hey, I'll uh, hold the hold the lantern for you." Oh, well, that's uh, mighty nice of you. Sure, come on, get some catching up to do. Yep. You go outside, and you get to a, a place where there's a bunch of logs, unsplit logs, and there's a bigger log on the on the ground, uh, you know, flat side up. And uh, Frederick uh, picks up a log and he sets it up there and grabs an axe and gives it a big old swing and brings it down and splits it in two. And then he takes one of the split pieces and puts it up and he splits it in two. And uh, it's a little cold outside, but um, after a few minutes, you can see that that Frederick is is starting to sweat and he kind of just takes off his his shirt and wraps it around him and continues to uh, split the wood. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give me an observation plus insight check? Uh, let me get a momentum. Okay. Uh, success oh. and a complication. Success and a complication. Okay. So you notice that when the light hits uh, Frederick's body just right, you see his body is covered in like massive scars. There's one that runs right from the right side of his neck, right at what is that, the clavicle? Uh, mm-hmm. bone sure. and it runs all the way down around his uh, across his chest down to his left side and disappears under his uh, pants but then on the back side it also just kind of follows that same path back up the back of his back and you can see that he's got like a scar on his uh, arms that wrap around his arms and you just see like little tear uh, scars all along uh, along his back uh, go ahead and give me uh, for the complication give me a um uh, will plus resi- uh, resilience. resilience. Yeah. This is a D2. Uh, I do get a free die on this. Okay. Assuming that this is being scared of. Yeah. Oh, uh, three, three successes. Three Very good. Uh, you get a momentum back. Uh, yeah, you, you just see these scars and even though they are, they are horrendous looking scars, they're kind of puffy. You know how mm-hmm. scars sometimes will be flat to the skin, but a lot of times it'll be like a yeah. welt, like it'll well up. That's what these scars are like. They look pretty horrifying, but you've seen some horrifying things so far. You've seen undead uh, zombies, ghouls. You've fought uh, creepy crawly monsters. You've seen people get ripped asunder. Uh, so these scars do not uh, affect you in any way. Mm-hmm. So and he uh, continues to chop, continues to chop wood until he gets yeah. a, a pretty good pile that he can pile up and he hands you some and before we go in Mm -hmm. i will or dutch will say so um so what's going on here well see we don't have the electricity ain't run out here yet no no i don't mean the wood i mean i'm not sure what you're talking about i mean your brother yep theodore bless him yeah, he ran afoul of something, and it tore him apart pretty good. I would say this kind of pretty good. And Dutch will like indicate like the scar across his body. Oh, I um, I took a tumble down the ravine. Oh, a few years back, and messed me up pretty good. Let me tell you, the doc in town was barely able to sew me up. Good thing Granny and Ma had some of their uh, herbal healings. Mm-hmm. Look, well, um, we are 
trying to figure out everything that's going on, and that includes how Clyde died. Um, so, if something's going on and you don't tell us, it might end up getting uncovered in the process. Um, mm. If you tell us what's going on, then we can even help you because I'm only doing this because I'm trying to not end up in Leavenworth. And it sounds like you figured out a pretty, w- pretty good way to not do that. And he just looks at you and locks eyes with you and dead serious voice says, I'm happy I got a family that loves me and that I can continue to live on this land. And I'm okay. sorry that my brother Theodore died doing what he did. And if it hadn't been for this eye, I would have been right there with him. Okay, sounds good. And he'll, Dutch will pick up the lumber and uh, make his way back in. All right. What, what are you, uh, so what are you thinking right now, uh, Dutch? Um... So, the way Dutch sees it, this probably is Clyde. He was somehow either resurrected by the stone or his family or his land. Grammy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he was like pet cemeteried back or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we have no quarrel with him or anything. Like, we don't need him for anything. We already have the stone. So. Oh, you have the stone, do you? Go ahead, Brian. Don't we? I, I'm kind of wondering if he maybe don't know he Clyde. Oh, hmm. if he doesn't know? Uh, I this conversation seems to me well, like, like he, no, that like yeah, he does. previous <laughs> reactions would like to differ there. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so let me let me ask you again. What do you know about the stone? I mean, up until last game, I didn't think we had anything. But then I was told that the stone is one of them. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> my my fault. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we don't know much about it. We're still trying to figure it out. Um, it's part of a bigger thing in Shaft 13. Yeah, so may, like we probably do need to sc- scope that out. But again, like, like, Dutch was being truthful. Like... He joined the army to spite his dad. Yeah. And he didn't like it. And he definitely doesn't like that it's, you know, basically putting him in constant danger. He likes the adventure a little bit. Not, not going to lie about that. But still. Um, okay. He was rich. So he could, he could like, shoot guns and travel around Europe on his own. Yeah. Um, and I feel like uh, he and here, Clyde found a way to get out of that and continue living with his family, who all seemed to care about him. So... As far as Dutch is concerned, we cool. Sure. Okay. All right. And the old lady's story was clearly a, hey, we know why you're here. You can totally go there, uh, yeah. do the thing, and maybe die. But, hey, that's not our problem. But <laughs> So as you guys are uh, going back into the house, uh, I don't know what conversation has been taking place while they were out chopping wood. It would be Blisco and Valentino and Doc and Sissy and yeah. Granny and Ma and Pa. Yeah. Um, I, probably a sanitized version of uh, some of the events that we saw and how there was thing. And it was a, it was a very brave moment. And 
You're, are you telling him about the monsters? God, no. Oh, okay. But I'm also not a particularly persuasive person, so somebody here who might be charismatic probably ought to tell me to shut up. <laughs> but, you know, if that person has his face buried in a book, it's hard to say. So Doc so is probably... said I was all that charismatic. Oh, yeah. The only charismatic <laughs> person is outside. Right. Okay, yeah. well, Doc uh, suffers from what we call pressured speech, and so yeah. he feels the need to so fill... So as you're coming in, as... as uh, Frederick and, and uh, yeah, as Frederick and Dutch are coming in to the house, uh, Dutch, you can hear Sissy say, why won't anyone tell me why you called him Clyde? And Frederick's like, Sissy, that ain't none of your business. And she's like, oh, and she gets kind of mad and, and huffy and crosses her arms and legs. And uh, Clyde drops his, his wood there by the, by the hearth. Mm-hmm. And I guess you do too, Dutch. Uh, there's a uh, copy of the newspaper sitting there, the Barlow Beacon, and uh, yeah, so you guys are all all in there. Uh, Frederick throws some some more uh, wood on the on the fire, and of course now the room suddenly brightens back up. Uh, when when we come in after putting the wood down, like Dutch will smell like his hand on his arm, and be like, you know, my some of my classmates paid like a hundred dollars a bottle to smell like this. <laughs> and Frederick laughs, slaps you on the back. <laughs> yeah, you out here for a week or two, you'll smell like this permanently. <laughs> and Sissy like holds her nose. That's right. P U. And then Paul's like, Sissy, you should probably just on head on to bed now. Oh, do I have to, Paul? It's getting late. You got school tomorrow. Uh, and she gets up. Good night, Granny. Good night, Ma. Good night, Pa. Good night, Frederick. Good night. Uh, uh, Voice is good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and Valentino, good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Yeah. So she goes away. I'll, all, uh, all y'all just sitting there. Uh, if I walk by the newspaper, I'll spy to see if it's a different day's edition. No, it looks to be about the same one that, that you saw in the truck that, that Doc okay. had been reading for you guys. Okay. Um, yeah. America's most aggressive news source. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, you know, under the subhead, the Barlow Beacon. Good enough for fire starting. <laughs> no, it probably says, like, uh, illuminating, uh, illuminating the, uh, the world since uh 1904 which is really the same thing yeah yeah uh what are you doing uh valentino when all this is going on uh mostly just uh kind of making small non-committal vocalizations just to try to remain polite without actually striking up much in the way of conversation all right roll me an observation plus insight would you please Okay. Two. Let's go. Let's see. Oh, hey. Oh, two, six, three successes. Three successes. You guys are you guys are maxed out on your momentum. As um, Dutch picks up the newspaper to see if it's a it's a new edition, you finally are focused enough to see the um, see the paper and clear enough. Right between Barlow and Beacon is a a lantern, like you a lantern that you might see in the coal mines. Um. 
And so you guys are probably familiar with these that would have like a Fresnel lens, you know, the, the etched yeah, uh, like the tier. circular, yeah. yeah, the tier lens for people that don't know what a Fresnel lens is. And maybe it's because you've had your nose in this book for so long, Valentino, but you see right there in the center of the lantern, you can see the luminaries symbol is embedded in that, in that, uh, banner graphic hmm. uh, where's your uh newspaper office here in town oh i'm surprised you boys didn't see it it's right next to uh the cafe oh hey well, i might check that out before we leave all right we didn't see a bunch of guys in uh trench coats and hats with a press card on their uh on the brim of their oh. cap so we couldn't tell where it was <laughs> and pawn mall kind of look at each other like uh, maybe we uh, shouldn't. <laughs> maybe these guys aren't quite right. Ah, uh, oh, hey, uh, Frederick, and he kind of looks down the hallway to make sure Sissy's not around. Um, maybe our boys want a little something harder than uh, than tea. You boys want a little something a little harder than tea? Sure, that yeah. And Granny's like, you better not be drinking at all. <laughs> <laughs> And then Moth's like, oh, you boys. And she just kind of goes back into the kitchen doing something. Kitchen things, I'm sure. And he's like, Frederick's like, yeah, come on, boys. And uh, kind of, you know, gives you the finger gesture to come follow him outside. You guys put on your coats and everything. It's going to be a little bit of a trip, but put on your coats. Oh. We're going to kill. Yeah. So, uh. Freddie grabs a lantern and, uh, you know, puts on a coat and all of you traipse out. It's the, just the, uh, the five of you traipse out into the, into the yard, past the wood pile, past the outhouse. Uh, you get past a, a little barn that you can hear some chickens and a cow doing something in there. I think they're playing pool. Musical mm. theater. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe. Car. Um, and then you get past, uh, and, and Frederick opens a, a gate and it looks like you're going to be off the property, but, um, nope, it's a little path just heads off into the woods. You guys are going to be walking for a few minutes. If it's possible or reasonable, uh, Carlos will hang back and try to motion to Blisco to also hang back. Okay. Oh yeah. Blisco was going to do the same thing as soon as he saw you starting to hang back. Yeah. You uh, talk to the patriarch there. Yeah, mostly about the guns and vaguely what happened. Uh, he did mention uh the what did he call them? Revenuers. Revenuers. Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about the revenuers a lot because we had the uh, firearms and. Mm-hmm. uh their description sounds a little uh, vaguely simi- similar to some other folk we've run into. Yeah. I mean, they know everything we know, it seems. There was a leak at Section M for a good while, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. So we should be on our toes as far as that. Um, I talked to Frederick. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty convinced that it is, in fact, just Clyde. Um, but also, I see no reason to continue to mess with that ruse. I think they have something good going here. I think the family's happy, so um, yeah. we might want to uh, check out that mine just to see if there's something down there, but um, of course I'd be worried that there was something down there. The mine seems like the only place that we'd be able to find anything of particular note at this point. Uh Unless the family still has something that we're not aware of. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, again, keep your eyes open. We'll see if there's anything else that we need to think about. Absolutely. We'll, you know, casually make our way back to the group. And as you approach, um, you hear Frederick say, good thing you boys caught up. Uh, wouldn't want to get lost out here in the woods. Yeah. That does sound like a daunting prospect. Yeah. It's almost like he knew you guys fell behind and was sure. able to catch back up. Sure. You boys hear the latest uh, crazy talk? I think you're going to have to be a bit yeah. more specific. <laughs> then there's lights out there by the lake. And some people think that there's aliens. Uh, well, I guess we should avoid the lake unless we can. We don't have any reason to be there. I done seen some of them lights myself. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. I done run whenever I saw them, but, uh... Yeah, you gotta watch out for them. I don't want no aliens probing me. Yeah, it's probably a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And you guys walk a little bit further, and finally you get to a little clearing. It's almost like a little depression in the ground, but uh, before, right before you get to the clearing, you can you can smell something. Like you can smell wood burning out here and there's something sweet in the air. And the next thing you know, you go down into this little depression and kind of, uh, protected by a little, uh, lean to is what looks like, I don't know if any of you would have uh, seen it. I mean, your characters, not you personally, this is what you would know as a still mm. for making the moonshine. <laughs> sure enough, there are jugs lined up on the on the wall. One of them has an X. Another one has like two X's. And then another one has three X's on it. And Frederick grabs the, uh, the one that has, uh, well, first of all, he takes the lantern and he hands it to, to you doc. And, uh, then he grabs the one with the three X's on it. And he grabs some Mason jars that are, that are sitting there like two, there's two Mason jars and he, uh, fills them both up and he takes a, Swig of one. Hoo-wee! Uh, that's good stuff. And he uh, hands the, the mason jar to, to you, Doc. Drink up. It's good stuff. Good stuff. What does it smell like? Uh, like wood grain alcohol. <laughs> oh, good for cleaning wounds. Yeah. <laughs> and your used to clean paint thinner. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Going to take a sip. Oh, it burns from the alcohol content. Uh, I mean, this is clear. This is like a clear liquid. By the time you get up to the the triple X process on uh, the moonshining, 
this is pretty refined at this point. This is a high alcohol content, clear, clear liquid, but you can taste a hint of like wood, like some kind of a berry and some kind of like a, um, like some kind of an evergreen type plant on it. Hmm. And uh, uh, Frederick hands the other uh, glass to you, Valentino. Thank you. you drink. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, that's, oh, that's uh, <laughs> oh, I told you it was good. Yeah, there's some uh, interesting notes once you get past the mm-hmm. uh, initial punch. Had the mash uh, once you once you refine it down it tastes real good. And then he looks uh, at you, Doc, and he kind of gives you a little shove. He goes, "Don't don't don't hog it all for yourself. Give some to Blesco." Oh, sorry. I uh, I was having flashbacks to surgery. I <laughs> hand the drink to Blisco. Uh, Blisco will cringe a little bit. Uh, take a deep breath and take a sip. Oh yeah, this is like. <laughs> You you've used this type of stuff to to start your tractors. Yeah. Oh. Good to drink and also great for peeling paint off a footlocker. Use this for fuel. Mm, you probably could, probably could, but it sells Just real like, well in town. Very eventually handed over to yeah. Dutch. Um. So it is now in game nineteen forty, right? Yep. Okay. The War of the Worlds broadcast was in 1938, right? Yep. Okay. So in that case, I would like to retroactively add that as soon as they said aliens, Dutch walked the rest of the way doing a really bad Orson Welles impression. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Visitors from from another world. Tripods. You see? And uh, Frederick grabs the moonshine glass. Grabs the moonshine glass from Doc and hands it to you. Here you go. Drink this. This will this will quiet you down. Yeah. Anyway, aliens. Go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and, and they won't survive this. And as soon as you say that, you hear like a, a stick crack behind you. <clears throat> I look back. Does everybody turn around? Yeah. Yeah. Slowly. All right. Go. You all turn around and you see two lights glowing and they're coming through the through the woods and coming right towards you until the lights are shining right in your face agent jones fbi freeze Critical Hit Punch Hall Nazis is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Stephen Schleicher. If you'd like to get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode, be sure to check out the GM Roundtable Octum Cthulhu Edition at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Each week I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Brad Will is there to share his reactions and advice on how to be a better game master. I will warn you, though, there are spoilers galore in every installment of the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu edition. So, if you don't like spoilers and don't want to know what I am planning next, don't listen to these episodes. Though, I will say, if you do listen, you'll be able to see how and where the players throw a wrench into my plans, and you're also going to have greater insight into the world that's being built into this campaign. Finally, we want you to record yourself doing your best on Critical Hit and send it to us 
at podcast at Majorspoilers.com, and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans in upcoming episodes as well. Thank you again for listening this week, and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2024 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.